And we are live. How are we doing this morning, Wolfpack Nation? This is Pack Center, your one-stop shop for all things Nevada sports. I'm your host, Austin Paschke. To my right is my co-host, Tyler Seth. Great morning to be here on campus. Unseasonably warm. I, I saw we almost hit the record the other day. Like It was like 72. We hit 70 or something. So. Ooh. Kind of good weather in Nevada, but not getting much, uh, not much rain, not much snow for you snowboarders and skiers out there. We got a great episode for you guys today. We're going to quickly touch on swimming and diving, track and field, see how they are doing, and then we'll get right into the nitty gritty with softball, baseball, and then women's basketball, and last but definitely not least, men's basketball. We're going to dive straight into this quick hitter episode and uh, stick around because we will be right back after the break. And we are back, ready to rock and roll. Let's start off with some swimming and diving track and field news as we quickly hit on them. For swimming and diving, we now have the All-Mountain West team from that indoor championship tournament. The pack had 10 members receive all-conference honors in 13 individual events. Leading the way was senior Andressa Cholo Doviscus with three individual events and four relay honors. So shout out to all those players or swimmers and divers, I should say, that got those awards. And shout out to swimming and diving as a whole for getting silver in the Mountain West Indoor Championships. On now to track and field. We have the Mountain West Indoor Championships coming on up. This tournament last year is where Nicola Ader, if you remember her, made her headlines as she broke three personal records and broke the school record for the high jump. She is back again this year to do some more damage. This starts today, Thursday, and will go on till Saturday. You can follow it live at flowtracker.com if you are so inclined. Well, we will be able to recap those uh, indoor championships for track and field come Monday after it is all done. Softball and baseball, Tyler, I know you're excited to get talking about that, so we'll dive right in. We beat Stanford, Pac-12 opponent, last weekend. We are now headed to the Big Island of Hawaii for a five-game tournament. Softball's already there. They're enjoying the sights and sounds of Hawaii. They start today, and get this name, the Outrigger Hotels and Resorts. Malihini Kipa Aloha Tournament will take place in Honolulu at the Rainbow Wahini Softball Stadium beginning February 27th with the final contest for the pack on September on February 29th. Almost did it in one full take. That was Pretty so impressive. Close. Almost. So close. Nevada, who is 4-10 on the season, We'll match up with Oregon State, who is 10 and 5, Hawaii, who is 8 and 8, and Seattle University, who is 5 and 10 during this tournament this weekend. We have we, of course, are under the helm of Josh Taylor, who has us to a 4 and 10 start so far. Nevada has a decent looking tournament coming up this weekend, one that we ultimately may be able to do pretty well against these teams that we are facing. Tyler, how do you think we will fare against these teams, and how? what do you think our record will be after this Mali Haney Kipa Aloha tournament? Uh, it's going to be interesting. Um, interesting, just like the name. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, you know, we do play, we talked about it a little bit, before we play Seattle again, um, a team we've already played and lost to very closely in a previous tournament. 
and then those two games against Oregon State and the two games against Hawaii. You know, looking to keep some bats hot. Looking to, um, you know, we have, uh, I think, three or four ladies hitting over 270, I believe. Um, so looking to keep those bats hot and maybe get a couple other ladies into that mix. I see us going... See, I see us going two and three in this tournament. I see us beating Seattle, maybe dropping both of those games to Oregon State, and then splitting the Hawaii little two-game set. Oregon State, just another good Pac-12 opponent, you know, like we've been seeing in our non-conference. Uh, some good, really good Pac-12 teams. We've already played Oregon. Um, we've played that Oklahoma team. We've played the three-game set at Stanford. Now we're playing Oregon State. Some really good competition to kind of size ourselves up against. But I see us going two and three in this tournament. You know, and hopefully walking away with a couple more wins, um, making that record look a little prettier. I totally agree. I think we'll get our revenge game against Seattle. And then I actually have a splitting one with Oregon. I think that Oregon State, I should say. I think that we're a little bit more ready and prepared for this tournament. And then I like the idea of splitting uh, the two-game series against University of Hawaii. Of course, they'll be the home team, so they'll have a little bit of an advantage. But I think it is interesting how we are playing a Seattle University team who we have played in the past already this year on February 15th. We lost to them in a close game 3-4. to four. But I think, yeah, the statistics are looking well. Uh, Sierra Mello, who obviously I don't think to anyone's surprise is leading the team in batting average with a uh, 396. Melly Tusinga, Tusinga? Yeah. Melly Tusinga is right behind her with a 355 batting average. And then Ashley Saluza rounds out the top three with a 317. And then on the mound, I mean, they've been looking pretty good. We're expecting Kendall Fritz to probably take that first game. Blake Kraft to also maybe step in in that first game, but probably most likely start in that second game. But a big chance for softball to improve their 4-10 and record. And we will be able to recap that after it happens, obviously, this weekend. We'll be able to recap it on Monday. If you guys are so inclined, though, there is a uh, chance to watch the first University of Hawaii game, which is tomorrow at 7 p.m. The first game of this tournament is tonight at 5.30. You can keep track along with the live stats that are on the UNR softball uh, schedule. We'll now move ahead to some baseball. It is finally the moment that Wolfpack fans have been waiting for. It is the first home game of the season in Piccoli Park. The first chance for us to get a live action look on how this baseball team is looking so far. We play Hofstra both today, nope, both tomorrow and Saturday. And then we finish up with Wichita State on Sunday. Hofstra's one and six on the season, so just slightly better than us so far. And then Wichita State's only lost two games on the season. They are off to a hot start. But hopefully we should see the Pack pick up their first win this weekend, as well as having some of their players hopefully break out of their hitting slumps. We've seen Jalen McLaughlin struggle just a little bit. We've seen Keambu Fentress, who was so um, highly talked about coming into this season, struggle a little bit as well. Big games this weekend, Tyler. How do you think we stack up against both Hofstra as we play two games against them and then Wichita State as we play one game against them this weekend? It's going to be a tough one. I mean, we are playing at home. Granted, uh, Hofstra, I'm looking up and down their pitching staff. They have a combined 4-4-3 ERA, um, a combined 1.57 whip. 
So both of those aren't terrible stats to have a combined pitching staff tossing games like this. Um, you got a couple projected starters. Uh, Ryan Rule, we might see, started two games this season. Jet Jack uh, looks to be their ace, a 0.0 ERA, a 1.53 whip. He struck out nine in the 7.2 innings he's pitched. Um, so, you know, it's going to be a staff that uh, is really going to test us, along with Wichita State. Wichita State's staff is just incredible this season. Uh, a combined 2.44 ERA for the whole staff. So, you know, talking about those guys, the McLaughlins, uh, the Kiambu Fentresses, um, a couple other, you know, the White Tillies, he might have a team leading four RBIs, but he's still not really in the average spot. I think he'd like to be the Tyler Brissettis as well mm-hmm. um, that are hitting, you know, in those low 200s, looking to get that average up this weekend. Uh, they're going to have their hands full with this one. You know, it's going to be interesting to see uh, what the game plan is coming into this game. And then for our starters, just do what we did last week at Oregon, I think. All three of our starters pitch very well. Owen, obviously, tying that career high with eight strikeouts. We have Jay, or Jake Jackson going a full seven innings last week um, and a really, really quality start that we couldn't get the win. But, you know, having our starters, you know, keep pitching this way and then, you know, just trying to warm those bats up. And I think uh, Piccoli Park is going to be a good place to start uh, for this Wolfpack team. So I see us going two and one. I could see us beating both, uh, taking both of those games against Hofstra. Uh, but I think Wichita State is just too good to handle. I mean, they have a couple dudes hitting over 400 this season. So it's, I mean, granted, it's still early in the season. Um, but, you know, that's a that's a very good baseball team. So I see us going 2-1, and one, uh, a couple wins over Hofstra, and then probably dropping that last game on Sunday uh, to Wichita State. A couple players hitting over 400. We don't even have one hitting above 300. Do you have a theory on why our bats haven't really come along? I mean, I don't like to key on just one player, but Jalen McLaughlin, I mean, drafted by the Cubs last year, had an unreal year last year, has been kind of our solid spot, uh, solid baseball player who can come in and really give us his bat when we need it. And he's batting a .091 batting average. We don't have one person above uh, 300. And like you said, um, besides Dylan Shrum with a 286, our next highest is Josh Zamora batting 217. Uh, is it just a case of kind of waking up the bats, getting the season going? Because granted, it's still early. We've had six games under our belt, and it's kind of, kind of getting a little bit worrisome. Yeah, it's a. I think, in my personal opinion, it's a combination of players kind of stepping into new roles this season. I mean, granted, Josh Moore and Dylan Shrum, they've kind of, you know, have their solidified spots in the lineup. But we see kind of a Tyler Brissetti, a Wyatt Tilly, um, hitting a little earlier in the lineup than they did the last season. Uh, which could be a case for some of this. Jalen McLaughlin, again, one of those players that kind of bat fifth, six last year, and you see him in the two spot in a lot of these games. I think it's a case of that, and then also just kind of shaking all the cobwebs off. Um, you know, it's still early in the season. We play a lot of, lot of games. I think there's 40-something regular season games. So it's still sort of early, but we'd like to see these bats wake up, especially at home in a place we're very familiar with, familiar hitting with, um, you know, you got that nice little batter's eye in center field at Piccoli Park that um, seems to, you know, help out a lot of hitters. So I think this could be a series where we really wake up bats. And if it's not here, it's going to have to be sometime soon because this is a problem we need to address here and now uh, in this little, you know, home game stretch. I agree. And I think now is the time that we get our first win. And I agree with you on the fact that I think we'll go two and one after this weekend as well. Both games we win against Hofstra, and I think we also lose 
that game against Wichita State. Agre- couldn't agree with you more. There's a well-rounded, all-better team than us. But to win those two games, I think our pitching is going to have to step up just a little bit. You see Owen Schartz, who is our Friday starter. He is, has a 6.1 ERA. Jake Jackson with a 3.09 ERA. While Jake Jackson definitely sitting nice, and I know Owen Schartz had that uh, career-tying best eight strikeouts, but I think there's a little bit more to be done from our pitching crew that we haven't seen just yet. Maybe Owen can settle in just a little bit more. That's six in the ERA spot's a little high, but um, maybe, I mean, like we've been saying for weeks now, there's a lot of season left, so there's definitely a lot of room to improve But you'd like to see those numbers for our pitching improve just a little bit, especially this weekend as we try to get our first dub. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think starting pitching has been all right. I think the problem has mostly been the bullpen. Um, We see guys come out, some, you know, new faces to the team. A lot of, like we said, the preseason, it's a lot of new faces. They might not be young. We do have a lot of junior college transfers uh, that we got. We have some good arms. But it's a lot of bullpen dependability that we're putting on, especially when, you know, Owen or Jake or Shane O'Malley doesn't have the best start. We really need to rely on some of the older guys, some of the, you know, the Jordan Jacksons, who's a junior this year. You know, someone who's kind of struggled recently um, and early this season is, you know, Shane Gustafson, someone who was kind of a rock for us last year, not having the best start to this season um, this year. So, and then obviously the flamethrower, Blaine Abieta. Um, the junior here, the junior college transfer. So uh, some of those kind of key pieces kind of need to step up out of the bullpen. But all in all, I think if we can kind of tie a couple loose ends together, I don't think this baseball team's in a terrible spot right now. We just, you know, the waking up the bats, maybe a little bit better supporting pitching after, you know, Jake or Owen gives us seven, six good innings. And then, you know, once we give the ball to our pen, we need to have confidence in them that they can get the job done and hold down the win so just a couple loose ends I like to see tied up uh, during this homestand but you know other than that if we can do that this homestand I'm really looking forward to the rest of the season I like the flamethrower nickname for Abietta by the way yeah straight heat coming out from that uh what is he a righty coming out of the bullpen yes sir yeah well and I think one more bold prediction while we were saying the two and one prediction I think Dylan Schrum has another home run to make it three on the year and uh, probably a couple more ribbies added to that stat line as well by the time this weekend is done. Cool thing that they are doing, though, if you go to the game on Saturday, the basketball game against SDSU, which I imagine probably every Wolfpack fan is trying to get into at the moment, if you bring that ticket stub from Saturday night's basketball game, you will get into the Sunday baseball game against Wichita State for free. So you'll be able to catch some basketball, wake up, the next day and watch some pack baseball as well. Couldn't couldn't imagine a better weekend. Tomorrow, 11 a.m., Hofstra, and then we play on Sunday against Wichita State. Friday and Saturday is when we play Hofstra. The first time, 11 a.m. is when Hofstra and Wichita State play. Excuse me, the first time we'll be able to see the pack in action is tomorrow still, but at 3 p.m. So get out and watch the pack do work and hopefully get their first dub of the season that we think is coming. Do you think? Do you have a uh, score prediction, or do you think we're just, you know, we're just gonna narrowly squeak by and get our first win? Because once the first one starts flowing, I think the uh, the rest of them will follow suit. 
Yeah, and that's always the problem is, you know, if you're inside a locker room right now that's 0 and 6, you know, it's yeah. you got kind of low kind of low morale, honestly, mm-hmm. uh for a team like this who had such high expectations coming into the season. But, you know, if you can get that first dub under your belt, it's going to be huge for the confidence of this team. Um, you know, I'm hoping we score 5, 6, 7 runs in those two games against Hofstra, really wake up the bats. Hopefully, you know, Jake and Owen can pitch, you know, pretty good games and then hand the ball off to the pen and they can close things down. I could see us winning, you know, in those Hofstra games anywhere from five to six to seven and then holding Hofstra to, you know, three or four. I think that'd be kind of a best-case scenario. And then I could also see the Wichita State game being fairly close. I could see us, you know, maybe squeaking out the win but probably taking the loss. Um you know, within something within two runs, maybe a five to three, maybe a four to two type game. You know, Wichita State is a very, very good team. They swept a Texas Southern team who just beat uh, number eight Mississippi State over the weekend. Oh, wow. So, you know, this team is the real deal. So yeah. I've, I'm hoping for, you know, a tight game against Wichita, but I think if the bats can roll, um, I think we can, you know, take care of Hostra pretty easily. Two and one after the weekend is what we are going to be hoping for. And a three and zero finish to uh, make them three and six on the season would be pretty nice as well. After this weekend, though, we will be able to recap all the baseball play come Monday's episode, and so you guys should stick around and uh, watch out for that as well. Next, on to some women's basketball. Right before we go into women's basketball, however, however, there is some breaking news on the football front. Chris Murray, the goat, just tweeted out their conference. Schedule So their non-conference schedule, which was already out, we have UC Davis, Arkansas, UTEP, and South Florida. That's one FCS team and three FBS squads that went a combined 7 for tw- seven and 29 last season. Two of them will be under the direction of new coaches. That's Arkansas and USF. Fun fact, we'll be getting $1.5 million to play at Arkansas and almost a quarter or exactly quarter of a million dollars to play at South Florida. And then our conference schedule that just released just a couple minutes ago from Chris Murray. We have our conference opener against San Diego State on September 26th. Then we go to uh, go to Hawaii on October 3rd before a bye. We then play at New Mexico on October 17th. We host Fresno October 24th. And Utah State comes to Mackey as well on October 31st. We then play a Halloween game against Utah State. Then we play at San Jose State on November 7th. Wyoming comes to Mackey on November 14th. And then we get a bye before the finale, which is going to be at the Little Brothers down south. Hopefully that cannon can come back blue. But, I mean, looking at that non-conference and conference schedule, just real quick before we go into women's basketball, it looks like a pretty winnable slate. And when you pair in that non-conference, which is almost all winnable, if we play the right way, you mean you look only San Diego State, who has a new head coach now and definitely didn't have their year up to par last year. That's a winnable game. Then we have Hawaii, who uh, is ha- had a pretty decent season last year. But then New Mexico, Fresno State, Utah State, which didn't have their season last year that they thought either, San Jose State, and then Wyoming, and then UNLV. It's a pretty winnable slate. I mean, it's, it's pretty favorable in our end. I think yeah. we can we can have a pretty nice season and maybe make it to a Mountain West uh, championship game. Yeah, I mean, you look at Utah State, who loses Jordan Love mm-hmm. and their best defensive linebacker. You look at Hawaii, who 
if Cole McDonald returns for a 20th season of yeah. eligibility for yeah. Hawaii, right. uh, we'll be seeing him. Um, and then San Diego State, obviously, is just a different breed in the Mountain West. But look different, at all these games. All brand new coach, too. Exactly. Yeah. And But if you look at kind of the tougher, quote-unquote, tougher games on our schedule, um, most of them are at home, which is you know something right. that I feel like the team really fed off of last season was some home games at Mackey um, where the crowd really got into it. So I agree with you. I think it's a very, very nice-looking schedule on paper so far, a very winnable schedule. Um, and it sets us up really well for uh, next season's uh, kind of football. I agree. I would I would look towards a Mountain West championship game. Maybe uh, there's a lot of time before the football season, obviously, but football never sleeps on this campus. So we got to give you guys the breaking news when it comes in. Women's basketball, though, for this past week, we lost to Wyoming, 79 to 84. Just a game that we really weren't really in from the beginning. Um, they went out to a 22-13 lead after the first quarter. After that, it was all us, though, the second quarter, 2020. Third quarter, we edged them out by one point, 19-18. Fourth quarter, edging them out by three points, 27-24, but not enough to overcome that nine-point deficit that they took or that, that we took in the first quarter, though. Some players that really stood out in this game, Essence Booker, doing what she does, but a really efficient night, which was something that I like to see. Uh, eight for 15 from the field, made for 17 points, and four rebounds, nice on the defensive end as well with two steals. Uh, Amani Lacey, 16 points, seven for 11 from the field, super efficient. Two for two from beyond the arc, you'd like to see her shooting like that uh, almost every game. And then you have both Deja Hamilton and Amaya West with 13 points. Uh, Marguerite Effa failed to get to double digits. She had nine. She was just one point shy. Um, but if she was really, you know, clicking on all cylinders and take o- taking over the game like sh- we've seen her do in the past, this could have been a very, very different game from the Wolfpack. Who stood out to you in this one? Because um, I know we've been talking about for the past couple weeks, but Deja Hamilton is slowly but surely coming up in the scoring ranks for the pack and really making some noise and helping us out deep in this uh, Mountain West Conference games now. Yeah, I 100% agree. You know, she's been starting the last, you know, four, five, six games now. Mm -hmm. I think that's a real confidence boost for her. Even though it's not the best night of shooting, she was four for 12 from the field, still drops 13, grabs two rebounds, has three assists, so she's doing it kind of all for the pack. And then I also like Amaya West production off the bench. You know, solid 13 points, very efficient, five from eight from the field. Um, she grabbed five boards with four assists. I mean, talk about stuff in a stat sheet. Amaya West did that against Wyoming, but it just wasn't enough for the pack. Um, you know, in a night where we shoot over 50% from beyond the arc, uh, it's tough to see that, you know, that loss in that column. But, you know, when you get out-rebounded 41-24, to 24, usually you don't win those games. Um, so kind of a tough one for the pack, even though we do have some kind of standout performers looking to bounce back against San Diego State, though, in a really big game, too. Man, if you could just pair this kind of night shooting with you, how we usually play, this team would be a top-three team in the Mountain West Conference. I mean, that was our... That was our weak spot coming into almost every game was us not being able to shoot, particularly behind the arc. And now we see this game, 8 for 15 from beyond the arc, 53%, and multiple players having a nice day from beyond the arc. I mean, Deja hit three threes. Amani Lacey, like we said, 2 for 2 from beyond the arc. Really nice game shooting. 
Um, but I think the rebounding, I mean, you took the words right out of my mouth. 41 to 24, it's hard to win when you're getting crashed on the boards that way. But they don't have much time to sulk as they have a game tonight at San Diego State at 5.30. We'll hopefully be getting the episode out sooner and before then. Um, but a pretty big game as we dipped to 7th in the Mountain West standings after that Wyoming loss. And San Diego State now sits one game ahead of us in 6th. If we can hopefully win this game tonight, we'd leapfrog them into 6th place. And you know how all-important that is. We'd rather be playing a third, um, a third seed rather than a two seed if we do get past that first round in the Mountain West Tournament. We do not get a bye for women's basketball but we could hopefully get in that sixth spot uh, rather than the seventh spot. One thing that I saw from this Wyoming game is Sammy did not get in on her senior night. Oh, kind of a rough one. I mean, I understand, though. I understand we're in a close race right now. Uh-huh. Wyoming, that would have been a huge win. So I get it. We can't. We need to try to win all the games we can. But at the same time, it would have been nice for a local to get some playing time in her senior night as she's been um, you know, a practice player for four years now, putting her sweat blood and tears on this team when you know it's hard to see a a player play for four years um, more of a practice player not get some time on her senior night so I just want to shout out to Sammy for putting in the work for these past four years congratulations on a a great career and getting your um, degree and so shout out to her for that and uh, you never know what the future will hold but we got San Diego State tonight at 530 is a huge one. Hopefully, we'll be able to get into that sixth spot in the Mountain West Tournament. This is a night that we need both Deja and Essence to continue their breakout performances. Hopefully, play, pair that with an Essence-Booker uh, game that we've been used to seeing from her. And uh, this is a game where I think we can take this one. Um, it'll be a close game, though, but I think we can take the dub tonight at 530. Tyler, what are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, a tough one, obviously, because it's on the road yeah. in Viejas, no matter what team is playing in Viejas, you know their crowd is usually pretty, pretty raucous. So um, I do think we take the dub, though. I think that you know if we, like you said, if we get a good night from Essence and Deja, and then maybe Marguerite drops, you know, 10, 11, 12 points somewhere in that range. Um, Amani Lacey keeps playing well. You know, it's going to be you know a tough recipe to stop. You know, if we. If we pull down those rebounds, though, that was the one big yeah. thing in the Wyoming game. They had a lot of second-chance points. They had 14 offensive rebounds, which is tough. Um, if we can limit those and maybe keep this hot shooting going, it's obviously tough to shoot above 50% from the three-point line. Um, but even have your field goal percentage around that 45-50 mark and then have a couple other role players step up, I could easily see us winning this game. If we're playing that lockdown defense like we do and then just producing on offense, Hopefully we go into the Mountain West Tournament playing that three seed. Well, you remember last time we played San Diego State, it was at Lawler, at home, and it was San Diego State 69, us 68, with two minutes left to play. Both teams went scoreless until the Deja Hamilton layup to give us that one-point lead with three seconds left, and then it came down to a last-second heave by San Diego State to give us the win. 70 to 69 so no matter what happens in this game we know it's going to be close I think we can edge it out as well just because one will be fired up from the Wyoming loss I know they did not want to lose this one and then they'll just be ready because they know what's at stake they want to go to that sixth spot in the Mountain West tournament it means so much when you actually get down to the nitty-gritty but I do think that we will win 
We will need a huge night from Marguerite Effa, though. We continually are getting beat on the boards, and I think we need uh, for Marguerite to really step up and give us that boost on the boards, as she does in some games. And then it would be nice for Deja Hamilton to keep up her scoring run, as we've seen her do over the past, what, like four or five games now. Um, and then Essence Booker, hopefully she has another efficient night. Just a good springboard onto the Mountain West Tournament, which starts Saturday in two game in two days, or is it Sunday? Sunday. Sunday, Sunday March days. 1st. Yes, in three days, the Mountain West Tournament starts for the ladies in the Mountain West play. Is it in Vegas, just like the men's is in Vegas as well? So I, I it, it is in Vegas. Okay. It's weird because it says the Air Force Reserve Mountain West oh, Championship, yeah, right but here. maybe that's... Just the sponsor think, no, of yeah, the tournament. It I, it's, it's like that for the men's, too. Oh, okay. So, yeah. yeah, it is in Las Vegas. If you're in Las Vegas, um, Adam Shoop, go watch our woman play. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Yeah, she's one of the Shoop brothers. In that. Yeah, so go watch that. And if uh, you find yourself in Vegas as a Pac fan, definitely go watch some uh, Mountain West play as they had the tournament starts on Sunday. It's a little, I mean, we'll know one game, I guess, when we record on Monday, maybe two, depending on what time they play. Um, but how, what do you think the, the overall ideal finish is? Let's say realistic. Ideal would obviously be winning the Mountain West yes, tournament. But let's say, a, let's say a realistic finish uh, for, this, for the Lady Wolfpack in this Mountain West tournament. Last year, remember, we were in eighth seed, played San Jose State in that first round. We won, but then lost to the overall number one seed, Boise State, 72-67. Remember now, before I make your prediction, Amanda Levins has her teams uh-huh. do some unreal stuff in the Mountain West Tournament. What do you think the uh, finish is for this Amanda Levins team? I mean, you kind of said it. It's, you know, a couple seasons ago they, you know, run the table and make it to the championship game. Last season they pull a pretty big upset and then lose in a close game, I might add, to that number one overall seed, Boise you know, I could see if we are the sixth seed, I could see us beating that three seed and then losing in the second round um, to, I believe that would have been the four, I think, four or five seed that plays after the three, six, three That's matchup. The, so the two, seven and the three, six play and the winner of those. So we'd be playing the, if we do win that that game against the third seed, we'd play the winner of the two, seven game. The two, seven. Yeah. Got it. And that's. Boise State at this point. Right now, the twos Boise State, the three is San Jose State. I think we can beat San Jose State, but that game against Boise is going to look pretty good. Yeah, exactly. That's that's where I kind of see us ending our season. But, you know, it would not shock me if we ran the table a little bit, you know, gave Boise State a run for their money, beat them. I mean, this is all if it, obviously, the standings were to end today. Yeah. But, you know, it's going to be tough. I mean, but this team is, is built for Vegas. They love playing down there, I guess, in right. those Mountain West tournaments. So, uh, realistically, I see us winning a game and then dropping a game, but the hopeful side of me sees us winning a couple and making it a uh, kind of interesting finish. Yeah, I think we'll get six seed. I think we win tonight against San, San Diego State, and then uh, we win that first game in the quarterfinals. We lose in the semifinals, but a semifinals finish after looking what we were going to finish, what, a 10th seed in the Mountain West play after a month of Mountain West uh, games. So, I mean, it's a good finish, I think. Um, Finals finish might be a little too hopeful, a little bit too naive, but you never know with this basketball team. They play their best basketball, like you said, in Vegas in the Mountain West Tournament. Tonight, San Diego State, 5.30. Sunday, first game of the Mountain West Tournament for the Lady Wolfpack. We'll be able to break down everything on Twitter with the live stats and commentary, and then obviously we'll be tweeting their spot in the Mountain West Tournament and tweeting those games as well. 
So stay glued to our social, Pack Center NV on Twitter, and uh, get the latest updates on women's basketball. Last but definitely not least, men's basketball. Wyoming, we played them on Tuesday night. We took that contest 73-68 to with a close but necessary win. The pack now improved to 19 and 10 overall, 12 and 5 in Mountain West play. Only one game left on the season, and that is Saturday against SDSU when they come to Lawler. One game shy of what I think our fifth straight 20 plus win season, yeah. or fourth straight. Um, but I mean, either way, in a trans in a transition year with a new coach, and when he took over one player truly on the team, everyone else in the transfer portal. Um, this is a very, very good year, no matter what happens. One game away from 20 wins. That win on Tuesday makes the win streak go up to six games now. After Tuesday night, Jalen has now scored in double digits in 24 straight games. Jazz Johnson has scored a three in every game he has played in this year. Wow. Both those stats are absolutely astounding to me, especially the one where Jalen has scored in double digits in 24 straight games. Absolutely unreal, this tear that he has been on. Ultimately, though, when it comes down to it, this was a close game thanks to our poor shooting. 8 for 22 from deep. That is not a stat you see from one of the best three-point shooting teams really in all the country. Uh, We relied on the 34 points in the paint, which was 20 more than the Cowboys had. Outside of Jay Lynn and Jazz, though, there wasn't much scoring from the team. This is a fear going into the Mountain West tournament because if some, if all those people go cold, it's going to be really, really hard for Jalen and Jazz to put the entire team on their back and to beat a team like the, I mean, I would even say like a red-hot UNLV team right now who has yeah. just been scorching teams. Um, shout out to Isaiah for saying that we were crazy, saying that they're going to be Boise <laughs> last night. They did. Shout out to Isaiah for saying that SDSU wasn't beatable. They are by UNLV. So just poor Isaiah. Um, I know poor. He's not even here <laughs> to defend himself, man. But we tried to tell him. We tried to tell him that you know SDSU. We'll get to, we'll get to how we're going to beat them here in a minute. But they are beatable, and this UNLV team is very very scary. Ending uh, the Mountain West Conference. Schedule. What did you see on Tuesday night against a Wyoming team that really probably shouldn't have been in this game with us? Yeah, I mean, kind of being able to follow the game and listen to the game. Jake Hendricks should have a statue out in Laramie somewhere right. for his performance. I mean, in 33 minutes, the kid dropped 27. He went 7 for 11 from behind the three-point arc. He only took one two-point shot. He went 6 for 6 from the free-throw line. In two trips, he got fouled on a three twice. Wow. So six or six from the line. I mean, without him, this game is not a contest, but he kept them in the game. Props to him. And then kind of later in that second half, we started to shut him down. You saw uh, like a Hunter Maldonado start scoring. Mm -hmm. A couple of different dudes from uh, Wyoming start to step up. Um, But all in all, a solid performance from this pack team. Probably a little closer than a lot of pack fans envisioned. Absolutely bullied them on the rebounding margin, 45-29. Kind of like you said, a colder night from three, but we did have you know a solid 23 from Jalen. Jazz stepping up as well. We see every single player to touch the court get a bucket. That's something I like to see. Um, even when you got kids like KJ, Kane Milling, kind of a quiet seven points on three for five shooting. 
a really nice night for him. Nizre didn't play his best game, but still contributed uh, four assists, five boards. So uh, for this team, if we could limit if we could limit the turnovers we had in this game, we had 18 turnovers, and then kind of shut down Jake Hendricks. This is kind of a blowout win for the pack, but I think it was a little bit better that it was close. You know, keep us on our toes going into San Diego State and then really kind of gear it for that game. So all in all, a good win, um, a solid win, and just kind of did what we needed to do in this game. Well, this had all the makings for a trap game. I mean, you're looking ahead to senior night. You're looking ahead to a sold-out crowd, Mm -hmm. a number fifth seed in – or a uh, number fifth ranked in the country, San Diego State, coming to town. You kind of overlook all that when you're playing – the worst team in the conference, and um, so I think that's what that was. And you, you're right. Everyone that touched the court had a basket. Everyone that touched the court also had a turnover, and that is a stat that you do not like to see at all. 18 turnovers, like you said, we limit those. We win the game by a bigger, way bigger margin. Even though Wyoming only had seven points off those turnovers, it's just us not being able to obviously score points on those turnovers, which really hurt us. If we want to make it deep, we're going to have to definitely tone down those turnovers. But speaking of SDSU, speaking of Saturday night, speaking of senior night, number five ranked in the country, SDSU coming to Lawler Event Center with only one blemish on their record, thanks to UNLV. Tip-off is at 5 p.m. It is also senior night. We are going to be honoring only four, but those four are probably – going to be those the big four that we we're going to miss a lot last year jc down low giving us size that we we're going to desperately need next year nizre zuzwa jazz johnson and Lindsay drew all leaving us as well um niz obviously doing great things this year definitely a fan favorite um just a really really down-to-earth guy a really nice guy and a leader on this team that kind of keeps everyone in check um, Jazz Johnson, obviously a fan favorite, um, one of the best shooters I think that we can say in Wolfpack history now. Um, definitely just automatic from three. And another guy that's that him and Niz, uh, I know they're roommates, so they must feed off each other or something. But they, I mean, always staying extra, you know, yeah. saying hi to fans, you know, kissing babies, you know, shaking hands, making the rounds, right? And just yeah. you know, pl- I've even seen highlights of them like playing with kids afterwards, like shooting the ball uh-huh. with them and stuff. It's just class a guys and then Lindsay drew arguably the best player to ever put on silver and blue Ooh. i mean it's i mean when you look at those stats it's kind of unreal broke the the 900 what was it 900 600 500, 500 yes. uh, mark first pack player to ever do that here all of his years through trial and tribulations through surgeries through coaching changes yet he is still here and one of the best to ever do it at nevada so this night, Saturday, is definitely going to be special, not only because of who's coming, but because of who's leaving as well after this season. What is on the line for SDSU, a potential number one seed in the NCAA tournament? If they take two losses before the, the Mountain West tournament, maybe a third one in that tournament, I don't see how they get the number one seed because of them being a group of five or group of six, not being a power five conference. Um, that might be a little hard. For us, though, it is a 20-game home win streak in Mountain West play. That's also at risk. And we are obviously riding a six-game win streak as well. We have some keys to the game before we leave you guys. Limit Malachi Flynn. When he struggles, the team struggles. You look to that game against UNLV. I understand he led the team in points. But he had a horrific night shooting. I think it was a little over 30%, not much. 
And then, obviously, him shooting the ball that much took away from other players. Their big men struggled as well. But if you limit Malachi Flynn, you take away that heart and soul of San Diego State. It makes makes it much harder for them to beat you. I would also say force them to turn the ball over. SDSU ranks 23rd in fewest turnovers in all of the NCAA. This is a team that takes care of the ball at a very, very high rate. If we want to beat them, we need to we need them to turn over the ball for us to have steals and just really force the ball, high ball pressure, and uh, get some easy buckets on our end. And last but definitely not least, get the home crowd in on the action. If we can make Lawler rockin' ruckus with a sold-out crowd, have SDSU not even knowing what's going on and not being able to hear each other, that will be a plus for us, obviously. All in all, though, a big game, a huge game, a game last time we played them in uh, Viejas. They beat us by 13, 68, 55, but we, are, we were up two by at half, but then that abysmal uh, second half scoring, shooting 14% from the field in that second half against that game. That was absolutely atrocious. How do you see this game going, though? Do you see it's going a little different for the Wolfpack, or do you think we still take the, uh, the L? I mean, we've been riding this train yeah, for can't stop now. months now, so I'm I'm all in. I'm we're you're the conductor and I'm the secondhand conductor. We are all in on this game. <laughs> this is a dub for the pack. I think you know, there's no way we shoot 14 percent and a half again. Yeah, especially the way you know we've been playing ever since that game. Um, on that six game win streak, we're incredibly hot. We have Jalen that's really playing well. I think Jazz and Lindsey will both have excellent games. Even Nisrae on his senior night, I could see him just absolutely blowing up off the bench. Um, and then talking about what you said, maybe a little defensive switch. Uh, we've been using that zone um, from time to time. I don't know if we use that a lot in the San Diego State game, but we might go to it more this time. You know, Coach Alfred's going to have a great game plan going into this game. Senior night, the place is going to be packed, probably mm-hmm. the most packed it's been all season. Oh, definitely, um, yeah. And it's going to be an amazing game. So if you're not there, I highly suggest you try to find a ticket, buy one off a friend, go on StubHub, go on NevadaAthletics.com and buy a ticket. Uh, It's going to be a great one to watch. I think it's going to be a super close game. I don't think we blow them up by any means, but I think we win. I think it's going to come down to kind of like the free throw game at the end. So I say we win by five, six, seven points, somewhere in that range, just because we'll be up by two, three, four, have the ball, they have to foul. But I see us beating San Diego State. I think we're hot, and they're kind of – you know, taking that loss, it kind of hurt their ego a little bit. So I see us winning this game. Too late to hop off now. Not that I even want to think about yeah. hopping off. So a good dub at home on senior night in Lawler uh, for the boys against San Diego State. Standing room only in Lawler. I think we are all sold out. Don't quote me on that. I mean, we were only like we only had a couple hundred tickets, and that was yeah. last week. Yes. So I would not be surprised if we are all sold out now. And a 2-3 zone wouldn't be bad. I mean, you see Yanni Wetzel absolutely torch us last game. 17 points, 16 rebounds as they took the rebounding total to 42. We only had 35. I, as well, as we've been saying for weeks now, think that we will get the dub. If you look how we played against San Diego State last game, 14% shooting from the field is not going to happen again, like Tyler said. With the home crowd, with senior night, with so much on the line, 
I think we do get the dub. I have it a little bit closer, though. I have us winning 77-75 to in a very, very close game, a defense-filled game. But I think Jalen goes off. I think he has a 30-point game. And I think Niz and the supporting cast helps around him. I'd like to see Zane guard Wetzel a little bit, maybe Zane Robbie, uh, Zane JC. But we need to limit him because last time that he, we played him, he absolutely torched us down low. Um, but I think it will be a good game. It will be a great game on Saturday. Um, if, you're, if you don't have tickets, you might be out of luck, but you can continue looking so that Lawler is 100% to capacity. Should be the most packed game, most anticipated game of the entire season. Uh, but thanks to UNLV, just as we wrap up, we are now solely either in second or third place. We cannot drop below the current standings that we are in. If we beat San Diego State, we'll hop over Utah State for that second spot, which would be kind of cool. But right now, we are solidified in either that second or third spot. So even though it pains me to say it, and I almost puke every time I say it, thank you to UNLV for beating Boise State. Do you have any last thoughts before we wrap up this episode? I know uh, we'd say we said it was gonna be short, but we're up to forty-five minutes. Ooh, I'll keep it short and sweet. <laughs> uh, hopefully, baseball gets that first dub at home. Yep. Uh, I think I will be at the game on Saturday to see Ooh. them finally in person. So that's that's exciting. And then, obviously, where else would you want to be on a Saturday night yep. at five p.m. besides all their event center? I couldn't think of a place you'd rather be. It's gonna be the talk of the town after we beat San Diego State. You heard it here first, and let's really just hammer it home. I think we get the dub, and it's going to be a great game. Get out, like Tyler said, Lawler Event Center, 5 p.m., senior night. Send our seniors off on a good note. Another, uh, Alfred said that we were going to be doing the celebrations after the game. So make sure you stay till the very end. I think that was something that Bob Knight used to do when he played for Indiana, or when Alfred played for Indiana under Bob Knight. So this will be a nice uh, farewell to the seniors, but we still have the Mountain West tournament to look forward to. And maybe, who knows, on the off chance, an NCAA tournament berth if we get the at-large or if we win the Mountain West tournament. So uh, we'll be able to watch that game on Saturday. We'll be amongst the rest of you watching Nevada take down number five San Diego State Saturday, 5 p.m. I want to thank you guys for listening and giving us your time. And like always, let's go Pack.